8.46 nearly. This week's quotes now with Professor Anjan Song, Graduate School of International Studies, Yonsei University. Good morning. Good morning. And what to do with a problem like North Korea. <laughs> Have you got the answer for us today? <laughs> well, there's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this just things got complicated and, and like, uh, it's, it's hard to predict what's next move. I know. Right, there's a problem. Well, let me take you in to this discussion by going through the first quote that you've selected for us today. The missile did not fly toward the direction of Guam, but it was significant in terms of being a test of enveloping fire around Guam, which North Korea had declared. We are seriously watching the situation because the missile flew over the territorial waters of Japan and the international community will react sensitively. Well, this was uh, a Chongwede official speaking on Tuesday uh, and well, we know what happened Tuesday, very early morning. Right. We had this major provocation by North Korea. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised much because there was so much launching anyway, right? So there was the Saturday one and Tuesday one, right? But the different, I mean, Saturday, mm -hmm. there'd been the hope in Seoul, again from Chongwede, the presidential office, that maybe those short-range missiles were, were a compromise, an indication that North Korea was ready to talk. But uh, I think it was quite clear from that much longer-range missile over Japan mm -hmm. that North Korea is not willing to talk, at least on the terms of the U.S. and South Korea. I mean, interestingly, I mean, three weeks ago, we discussed the possibility that North Korea might launch another missile in a different direction, I mean, the other than the Guam, right? Mm, and you know, they, that's, that's, that's what they did it, right, to the eastward, because that there's no other choice, right? You can go to North, there's the Russia, West, China, right? South is Guam, right? So that's the only option, possible option. Uh, I mean, the left for the, the North Korean military, you know, the leader, I mean, they should have to go to eastward. I mean, there's no choice, right? The problem was, I think one of the problems was in Jap what happened in Japan, there's kind of some threat, right? Because the, the, the maximum altitude when they flying over the Japanese airspace was about 550 kilometers. That's above 50 kilometers above their, the, the maximum target range mm. for the Japanese missile defense system. That's kind of a scare them. So I think that's, I think that's very well planned and executed. I think that's really the best man, best mind. I mean, the. So, so despite the claims that uh, Kim Jong un was photographed with uh, satellite images of Guam that were six years old, <laughs> right. and, and the questions that maybe the technology wasn't quite as up to date as North Korea likes to say, you're suggesting that actually this missile launch was quite precise, planned, and is something to take seriously. I, I, um, I'm saying you say, I'm not saying that their technology is precise enough. I'm saying they are well, very well prepared and executed in terms of launching, right? And uh, sending some message, right, to the, uh, you know, the other countries, right? And plus, one thing I'd like to focus is like, they launched this time was the Sunan, which is about 20, 20, uh, 22 kilometers from, uh, away from the Pyongyang, the capital city. Mm. And plus there is the, the Pyongyang Sunan, Sunan, I mean the International Airport. There's the only one International Airport in North Korea, which was established in 19, uh, 1955. That's the only one. So I, I think about the, imagine what happened. You know, they send, you're launching a missile in International Airport. I mean, you know, it's kind of, they try to show up I think they were, the Kim Jong was quite confident about the technology level. I think yes, that's the, how you're well, he had up, to be right? confident that the missile wasn't going to cause problems for his own country, let alone right. land prematurely in Japan, for example. Mm -hmm. But um, which could have triggered a war, quite right. literally. <laughs> that's that's, that's a very serious case. But um, you know, what to do about all this? I mean, because South Korea 
of course, will always be involved with the North Korea problem. But when, once these missiles start flying over Japan and in the direction of Guam and that sort of thing, then it, it's far bigger than an inter-Korean problem. Yeah, I think that the uh, sooner or later the South Korean government have to decide how to you know you know deal with this situation because this is really crossing the red line already, right? So the, I think there's there's some issue. Also, the Donald Trump talk about the military option still on the table, right? I think we have to differentiate the military attack from military action, right? There's the two different terms, right? So I guess I think U.S. some of the U.S. experts talk about the issue about the military action. Where the military attack on North Korea, yes. so sending you know something like sending uh, Tamok cruise missile flying over to Pyongyang, you know, kind of scare them off, saying yeah. we are really above you know flying over you too. Right? Well, we had an expert guest this week suggesting maybe uh, they should send over a stealth bomber and and have it just drop some propaganda leaflets or something, something, <laughs> something to show that that they can go there undetected, unharmed, but with, I mean. Maybe even a surgical strike. I, I, I'm so torn on it. I I, um, I tweeted about this because <laughs> I, I just feel sanctions are not working. And, and they seem like they're completely handicapped, the UN Security Council, by China and Russia and the need for everyone to agree. But if, if you were to carry out some kind of low-grade military provocation to show North Korea that you're serious, maybe that could put enough fear into them. Yeah, I think that's, that's so, in some degree I agree with that, the idea. Actually, it's very interesting. If you go back to 1950 Korean War, what happened was is reverse situation because the U.S. and the ally, the Air Force is much more stronger than North Korean Air Forces. So every time the daytime, the U.S. forces and United Nations forces was bombing the North Korean, North Korean, you know, you know the you know, armies, right? And nighttime they come attacking, you know, you know, thing, you know, counter action. So this time I think very interesting the uh, Kim Jong Un taking a kind of a lead, taking control of daytime, sending you know, you know, you know missile right <laughs> flying over to other territories. So I get they're using tactics, and if we, if the, if the U.S. government try to do showing off their military capability without really, you know, crossing a line. I mean, to North Korea, I think that's, we were sending a real message to Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing is, I know these military drills are not solely aimed at a, a demonstration of force, um, but, but there is that element to them here in South Korea. And you can only flex your muscles so many times before the, your opponent's going to realize you're not going to use that strength. Um... One other option could be just leaving North Korea alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to let North Korea corrupt itself. I think the one thing, my next step for North Korea, my take, I think there are two options. Uh, there's a, some st- uh, a prediction that they will have a nuclear test, right? Or I think the possible option, if depends on how much their, the confidence the Kim Jong-un have about their nuclear capability, I mean the missile capability, say, maybe he should pronounce it the time launching time and location and the target. And then let's say whether they can U.S. missile defense can strike down, right? Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, we, we can keep second-guessing North Korea's technology, but as time passes, it's obviously going to keep getting better. Right. Um, right. And, 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 and people also ask, well, you know, is it important what North Korea's endgame is? Because I, I think most people don't really think North Korea wants to start a war, but rather have the strength there to keep everybody else out. If that's the case, is it worth us triggering conflict and, and taking such a close interest for the sake of the North Korean people who might be suffering at the hands of that regime? 
Yeah, that's that's the you know that's the very sad story. But uh, I I guess uh, we are running out of our option too because if they keep provoking, I mean, sending you know launching the missile to the other countries, you know, aerospace that's a really serious problem and you know breach of international law. Yeah. So I guess that's the really bring a big trouble to the international community. That's t- it's time to take some action actually. Well, to the uh, sending message. I mean, it, frankly, as I said before, these sanctions are not doing the job right now and uh, and we do need a rethink and we've had that situation for years let's get to our next quote um this is very different totally separate subject and it relates to something that will affect people in a very real emotional way going into the Chuseok holiday <laughs> needing to find ways to travel to loved ones the roads get filled with cars so rail is a very appealing way but unfortunately train tickets also sell fast in fact this is a quote from someone who was searching for co-rail tickets online earlier this week when i accessed the booking page again it said i was behind 17,000 people i waited and it dropped back to 60 people but then it bounced me again I accessed it and found I was now behind 20,000 people and I lost connection to the site. Sad story. Yeah, because the Corel using the automatic logout system. So if you don't the uh, you know, if you don't make any uh, make a reservation within 3 minutes or not taking any action within 1 minute, you'll be automatically logged out. The problem was that so many people were logging in at the same time and you just, you know, waiting for one one minute and you log out automatically. Sounds infuriating. Uh, presumably, you've got some experience of traveling for Chuseok. Do, do you have any personal solution that you'd like to add here? Uh, actually, uh, my family is all living in Seoul area. <laughs> so I don't really Lucky have you. going through this problem. <laughs> but I think one of the way the technique they're using it, uh, some people are using it, wait for the cancellation tickets. Okay. Cancellation that, tickets. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good answer. But what about trying to reform our rail network or our transport during these busy national holidays is mean, that is that even a possibility to you mean bring up uh, competition well, <laughs> you know, i don't know I, don't want to say, I know i know that's a very sensitive area and, and and frankly i love the pricing of public transportation in korea so i don't want to do too oh, much really? to, <laughs> well yeah compared with the uk if you want to look at an example of privatization gone wrong ah, right, just right. look to my home country uh, professor Ahn, thank you very much <laughs> thank you uh, Professor Anjun Song, Graduate School of International Studies at Yonsei University, with this week's quotes. And we'll be back tomorrow, 7.05, for the latest edition of This Morning. Careerscape and Curlation will come up for you before that, though, uh, in just a few moments after your latest news headlines.